It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, we've got Kareem Copeland back on the show. The sports reporter with the Washington Post is back yet again as we get into what's going on around the Mystics and the Wizards and their crazy parallels between these two teams. It's insane how similar they are, but we've got to get into that and more right here on Locked on Wizards. You are Locked on Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Well, we had him on the show yesterday, and we were getting into the 2019 WNBA WNBA champs, the Washington Mystics, getting knocked out in a heartbreaking buzzer-beater basket by none other than Shea Petty as the Phoenix Mercury defeated the Mystics. Well, now let's look forward to what's going on next year. So we've got him back again, Kareem Copeland, sports reporter with the Washington Post. And yes, his Instagram handle is Reem Cope. <laughs> For those of you that listened yesterday, we have confirmed it. <laughs> he is IG official. It is Reem Cope. <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do some digging, but we figured it out. But thank you for joining us yet again. It's okay. You know what? Twitter is really where it's at, especially for talking about sports. Instagram is more for just like sharing pictures. In your case, maybe sneakers or your WNBA hoodie. But Instagram is really a great, it's a great spot to get into some like heated debates, even though it shouldn't always be warranted on it. Twitter, I just but, always forget to yeah. take my photos. That's the thing. I think about it like after I got home, I was like, oh, I should have recorded that. Oh, I should have oh took a picture God. of that. And then it's like too late. So yeah, my I, I do most of my work on Twitter. Um, <laughs> most most of my good work is on Twitter. Uh, but if you're into sneakers, yo, I got you on IG right there. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. Sneakerhead. I love it. I love it. Well, yesterday, Kareem, we were talking around the mystics looking forward to next year. Now again, Everything on paper could literally change in the next five minutes. So injuries could happen. We know free agency, drafts, trades, so many pieces go into it. But that's what we do best as journalists is to speculate and and talk about the hypotheticals and the what ifs. So let's get into those hypotheticals. So the Mystics have this year, as we look back, now that they're, we, can, we can reflect on it, where we've, saw, we've seen a lot of ups and downs. We've seen injuries. We've seen players step up and show out, bursting out of the bubble, so to speak. <laughs> But also, we've seen a lot of positives moving forward. Looking back, what's, one of the, what's the biggest one or two positives that you would take from this team looking ahead to next year? The biggest positives, I would say, would be the, just that growth of the young players. You know, we, we talked yesterday about Maisha Hines-Allen and her growth. But the same thing with Ariel Atkins. I mean, I know it, it's, it's, it's almost funny. I think you... Um, you know, she's been a starter, and I think it could be real easy to kind of 
take what she does for granted because um, she can be low key at times, but man, her jumper improved this year. Um, her three point shot, which has already been her, um, which had already been her calling card, improved even more. You know, she got that two dribbles off and got to the mid-range elbow area and was just kind of knocking it down every time. Um, defensively, mm-hmm. of how she grew as a leader, I think all of that stuff is going to come into so much, uh, come into play as she goes on. And she's so young still. So all of this experience, I think that was huge for her. Um, you know, what? who I thought a lot about yesterday was Kira Leslie. So mm-hmm. she's out there. Um, she draws the the Tarasi assignment, and she gives her absolutely pardon my French. She gives her hell through the first half. Now <laughs> Diana got warmed up in that second half, but I mean, you could see she was a little bit frustrated in those first twenty minutes. I think Kira even had a couple mm-hmm. blocks on her jumpers. Um, you know, she's a long defender, and you know she's going to, you know, she's still got a long way to grow and things like that, but. You know, if you can take her and know that you can put her on the opponent's best perimeter defender and, and not have to worry about, you know, sending extra attention and things like that, you know, that's a huge bonus right there. And then you can, I was just talking about Ariel's defensive, and then you can have her on your second best uh, defender. Um, that, that's a huge plus, and especially if Kara continues to um, develop that three-point shot, you know, she was kind of, you know, she, almost like a 3 and D, you know, as, as a long um, – a perimeter player, long guard. Um, if she can knock down open J's and 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 defend um, your opponent's best uh, ball handler, I think that's a great spot for her. You know, that that's exactly what you would want from her. Um, and she's probably not going to, you know, she's probably not going to be in the starting lineup next year. And so again, that's that's a that's a piece that has developed that gives um, uh, gives Tebow just a little bit of variety, gives him another option of how you want to play and match up, you know, it, it's, she's really good for good yeah, matchup right. kind of options, things like that. So those, those are the two, um, I think that automatically kind of pop in my mind as far as, you know, besides Maisha that we, we have already discussed, but I think those two um, are, are really going to be valuable next year. And, and we talked about Leilani Mitchell, you know, she was kind of low key, in, in the first half of the season before she realized she needed to be a lot more aggressive. And even though Atkins and Maisha kind of put up all the ridiculous numbers, she was kind of the one that was kind of stirring everything. And she was quietly being a leader um, behind the scenes. And, and, you know, I think over the last five or six games, I think she was averaging almost eight assists. And so she was just dissing it out. And so when you add her again, add her to – she was asked to do so much this year, um, which is not what she signed up for. You know, she came here to be a complimentary piece to Elena, and and, and then they added Tina Charles. And, and so she was coming here to, to be part of a roster that was ready to compete for a championship. And she ended up having to be a leader on a young team that helped this group kind of develop. And I actually think that was – um, really good for her because it forced her to kind of lear- relearn the system and find her place within the system. Now, when you have everybody kind of come back, it'll be another adjustment again. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's always good to, to have success and see confidence and have confidence going into next year. And, you know, everybody, I think everybody on this team right now is frustrated as they are with the way things ended. 
you sit there and look and say, hey, we should have at least been in the second round um, or we were this close to being in the second round and we're bringing all the big dogs back. Um, sure, like we said, everybody takes time to figure out how you're going to mesh again because, you know, um, the way Maisha meshed with them before is going to be much different with the way she meshes with them this time. But, you know, mm-hmm. all that one of them, one of them good problems. So <laughs> I think they'll figure it I think it'll be, you know, it'll take a little bit of time to kind of figure out and just everybody learning how to play with each other. And that's what Leilani talked a lot about was, hey, I had to figure out how everybody kind of fits together and where people like the ball and, and what they like to do and that kind of stuff. So, um, again, I just think the development of, you know, she's not young, but the development of those young players, um, you add that to some pretty good veterans coming back. And, um, you know, if you're you're Mike Tebow, you should be sitting back, you know, giggling and, 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 and doing the beautiful mind on the board, you know, playing with lineups and, and, and all these kind of things that, um, you know, he'll have a lot of options and, and to, to play different games next year. So I think there's a lot of optimism there at the, at the least. I, I think there has to be because, as you mentioned, it gives you a lot of different looks. So now you have some 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 op, some versatility, some options in terms of what you're throwing at opponents on both ends of the floor, as you mentioned. Yep. And something that you also touched on is just the fact that these players are we're figuring out their roles, but also that gives you confidence to know that you can step up in those big minutes. If you're someone that this year was in the starting five and next year is now coming off the bench, you know, it should give you that confidence that when you step on the floor, it's not like, you know, you're a role player, just a role player. You know, you're someone that if it on any given day is needed, maybe you are playing heavier minutes. Maybe you are doing a different role of guarding, you know, someone's best player or, um, you know, down the stretch playoff time, especially someone that can confidently step on the floor. So now you're eight, nine, 10, 11 players deep. And that's what was the mystic strength looking at their championship last year. They had a number of players, shooters, their offensive uh, depth in itself was incredible, but just so many pieces that could step on the floor and on any given day, drop double figures and, and find a way to impact the you game. You can play big, and you can play small, that you can play in all exactly. these different ways. Exactly. You can adjust to what your, you know, Kira Leslie's not going to be scared of anybody next year. She's not going to be scared to guard anybody right. next year. And so you can just, like I said, play those little games within the game of, okay, you want to match up like this? Okay, we today we're going to run. Today we're, today we're going to play big. You know, to, tomorrow we're going to pound you in the paint. You know, you have all these different options now that you can go to and throw at teams on um, even within the game, let alone um, from night to night. So um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, no, you're fine. Because like you're saying, it actually forced those players to grow and to grow up in that sense. Now they're not all young in, um, in terms of age, but I mean, young in terms of being on the floor and having the bigger minutes and having the bigger workload. It's one thing to be on the floor and be, you know, the, the, fifth option it's another thing to be the first or second option and as you mentioned with like an Emma Miesemann we were talking about it before her role going from being the number three option to now the player on the top of opponent scattering reports and for Maisha Heinzala next year being opposite where she's going from being the top player to key in on to now someone you can't just focus on her if you have Elena Deladon and I mean hopefully Emma Miesemann is back as well as Natasha Cloud and you have all these pieces around around her that you really have to key in and play them up straight up. 
you can't just double team or, or focus on anyone. And then as you're talking about with having the flexibility, oh my goodness, to play small, to have a larger lineup, to run the floor, to have five players that can all get rebounds and crash the boards, but then also knock down shots from distance and, and pass and see the floor. That is bas- That's the beautiful game of basketball. Yeah to have that ability. So you have to be kind of like licking your chops, so to speak, and excited looking forward to next year because there's a lot of positives to take from what the season brought. Well, there's another team, ironically, the Wizards, <laughs> also out of D.C. I don't know if this is a D.C. hoops thing that's going on, a, a bug that's going around about going into the restart of your respective league and having a young group of players forced to step up. So coming up, we get into more around what's going on with the D.C. hoops, We talked about the Mystics looking ahead to next year. Well, let's get into what's going to happen and our thoughts around the Wizards. This episode of Locked on Wizards is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they have everything, guys. Everything from edging control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, or maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer, you can get all the parts you need with a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. I don't know what gets much better than that. Delivered to your door, sign me up. Well, the rockauto.com catalog is easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, choose the best brands and prices you prefer. So best of all, prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I don't think it makes sense. I'm a bargain shopper. I'm all for saving. You should be too. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we here at Locked On Wizards sent you. Again, it's amazingly low prices, a great selection, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Go check it out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kareem Copeland here, sports reporter with the Washington Post, back for day two, part two, as we had a chance to talk around the Mystics on Wednesday. We've been talking about the crazy parallels between the Mystics and the Wizards. The Wizards also in the NBA restart in their eight regular season games and three scrimmages um, before they did not qualify for the playoffs and were knocked out after their seeding games. Also, very similar storyline to what we saw with the Mystics, which I don't understand how or why, <laughs> but weirdly parallels what the Mystics dealt with. Um, but ha- I'm, I'm definitely interested to know your thoughts on just the way these two teams, in my opinion, I feel like they have like a great brother-sister uh, vibe that they bring where they really support each other. So not only are they each dealing with their own respective 
growth and, and hurdles of this, of their restarts, but also you see them being each other's supporters, whether it's a tweet or actually physically, you know, shouting each other out or whatever it is. But I love the camaraderie that's growing between the mystics and the wizards even more. We saw it in social justice with them around Juneteenth, leading, leading the march, leading the fight for change. But then even on the basketball side, leading the fight to be each other's number one supporters. That's, that's, I think it's super cool. You just don't see that everywhere. It's almost like, it's almost like they're all kind of, I mean, they are all under the same umbrella, but a lot of times, you know, there wouldn't be that same interaction. And you know what I think it comes down to even more is the fact that there's a respect from the wizard side for what the mystics are doing and what those individuals mm. are doing, where I don't believe, I don't think that's always been the case. Um, you know, in general, when we speak about women's basketball or women's athletics in general. So I, I think that's kind of a really cool thing is that it, it they don't, that they're, that they're paired as equals and, and they kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, they can talk the game and they, they're going through similar things. And, um, and, and they're getting together to, you know, the social justice causes stuff has been um, amazing. First off, it was already important to both sides before the current climate that has um, grown even more this year. Um, and that kind of really sparked with the, the George Floyd killing. Um, these were two teams that were already, you know, the mystics were already trying to help Southeast, you know, since they moved into their own building. Um, you know, Brad and John already had their things kind of going. And so it was it was really cool that they could unite together in these ways to have just a, as much impact off the court as they have on. And like you said, there are parallels where, um, you know, the Wizards didn't have their best players either as, as the season came to the, to the mm-hmm. end or, you know, throughout most of the season. And so that gave chances for guys like Thomas Bryan and Rui and, and Troy Brown to continue to kind of grow. Uh, so it's, again, it, it, you know, sometimes you have to bite the bullet in the short term um, when, when you don't have your big dogs. And, and But that also allows um, folks the opportunity to grow that they may not have gotten otherwise. And so that's where I think there's a lot of parallels um, as far as roster construction and looking ahead, um, <clears throat> obviously the Wizards aren't going to be in, you know, they're not as close to contending as as the Mystics are, but, you know, they should have another good draft pick with that number nine, and, and they should be making um, strides forward, clearly, and, and, you know, you pair Brad and John back together again, and you hope that John is, um, you know, back healthy and, and still the same guy that he was previously. Um, you know, there, there's there's plenty of reason to be optimistic on that end, also. But you know, I'm kind of straying off what we were talking about. But the the, the camaraderie between the two, um, I think, is is really cool, and I think that you've seen that even more um, throughout, not just with this team, but throughout the league. You know, we were talking about the orange hoodies, and um, you know, all those when they first got down to the bubble, all the um, NBA players rocking the hoodie, rocking the hoodies that mm-hmm. kind of really brought a lot more attention to um, what was going on um, in the other bubble in Florida. So I think it's really cool to have that um, 
that back and forth where they can support each other because again, I just don't think it's always been that way. So um, the more, the better, you know, it, it's a respect thing. And I think, um, I, th I think the women's game is getting more respect than they had previously, which is obviously a good thing. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much of it, and I really have no idea why, but I wonder how much of it is because as you mentioned, the mystics and wizards are both, well, especially on the wizard side, very humbled in where they are in the league. Now, I'm not saying other teams are not humble in the NBA, but when you look across the franchises that have a WNBA and an NBA team, unless I'm missing it, I really don't see that same camaraderie. I really don't see that same – like, I, I, see, I see a lot of players that will tweet, like, oh, you know, great game. Or, you know, like, they'll tweet about the WNBA. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. But, I mean, the Mystics and Wizards are – not only they're not just on social media talking about it they're out in the in the community like they're at each other's games they're at like i like with juneteenth they're out in the community together they're leading events together the push for voting like everything that they're doing it's not just like tweeting out a, a positive encouraging message and granted i'm sure there are other players across the nba and teams that are doing that but when i look at like la and minnesota and atlanta new york and Phoenix, all the other brother-sister franchises, they are not the same in that same sense. Um, so I think it is really, really cool to see the growth of it. And also, as you mentioned, with even the players that were all rocking the orange hoodies, that's something that has made the WNBA grow. And, I, and I, you hate to have to use it, but you need to use your allies. And the NBA has a way larger demographic and audience that they reach. So every time they're posting something advocating for these players, um, you know, we've seen in the past, even I remember last year when like Russell Westbrook and LeBron went to a game and the, the hype that was that came around it because they were at the game. You know, it, it does bring another level to the WNBA. Now we're seeing more games on TV and easily accessible and easier to watch and more hype around the league. So coming up, we get into more around the Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Renee Washington here, joined by Kareem Copeland of the Washington Post. And we already have had a chance to dive into just how similar the Mystics and Wizards are. Well, another thing that stands out to me is really just their closeness off the floor as well. You know, they, they do a very good job of supporting each other. And honestly, looking at a number of teams across all sports, but specifically across the NBA and WNBA, you don't really see that camaraderie as much. And I know we talked about it a little bit before, but specifically for the Mystics and Wizards, I think it is really something special brewing in the fact that, as you mentioned, the Mystics much closer than the Wizards um, in the near immediate future of being a team that they could be in a, in a championship spot as soon as next season. The, the Wizards could at least be in a playoff spot if all goes well with bringing back Brad and John Wall healthy and DB and bringing back some more pieces. 
But it is just so remarkable to me to see the parallels between the two teams and covering them and watching how similarly they are dealing with the same issues and how similarly they are also growing and learning through those same issues. You know, it's not bad news bears where they're just both teams are just losing and struggling in their leagues. It's encouraging. Both teams are growing and you can like we're watching the growth play out, which is very funny. Exactly. And I think they're both watching each other grow also. I think that probably also plays a little bit into it. The, f- the fact that they're kind of going through similar experiences and quite frankly, similar experiences, both on and off the court, you know, when, when, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's almost like anything, you know, when you can relate to somebody or relate to someone's experiences and what they're going to go through, um, you know, y- there's, there can be more of a kinship there. And then you add on everything on top of the fact that, you know, they are underneath the same umbrella, you know, they've got the, uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure what they call it, but some kind of social justice council where they kind of speak, you know, they um, certain, you know, a number of players, they they get together and and talk these things out amongst themselves and then go back Mm -hmm. and spread it through both organizations. Um, you're absolutely right. You don't see that in, in every other market. And so it, it, it's something cool and unique and something that I think is, um, is, is probably an example for other owners. Um, I mean, that's what you would want, right? You would want to have kind of this basketball conglomerate between mm-hmm. um, your teams and in both leagues and, and have them be able to uh, you know, benefit each other and support each other. It's almost like, it's almost like that college field. That's what it reminds me of, you know? Yes. That's the vibe I get yeah, too. When you see them, you know, you're going to, uh, I always use the university of Michigan as an example, just because that's what I know most. That's where I went. Um, but you know, it's always cool when you see, um, the, the, the guys at the girls game or vice versa, or the guys, I remember guys are always at, you know, volleyball games and things like that. When you're supporting your classmates who are also in athletics, even though it may not be, you know, not necessarily the same sport. You may not have that, um, you may not have that, you know, the the same kind of bond necessarily beforehand, but the fact that you want to support them because, hey, these are our classmates. These are people who are putting just as much work into their craft as we can. You know, you can you can respect the work almost. And so I just think that's a super cool environment that everybody would, um, I would think owners would want to um, replicate. I know um, the NBA and WNBA, you know, they, they love that brother-sister partnership. So to have more organizations kind of forming this kind of, um, you know, partnership, dualship, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm sure is, is something that everybody would love to have. It, 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 I think it's a great example for everybody. And, it, and it's it's funny. I'm going to go back a little bit. And then funny is not the right word. But, you know, you were talking about <laughs> Russ and LeBron going out to games. You know, even even before that, I, you know, I want to um, I always want to credit Kobe. You know, oh, he had yes. a huge part in that. Um, as far as, you know, even, you know, we can't keep talking about guys being an example to other guys. You know, I think he was an example to um, other guys in the NBA. Um, you, you know, Kobe made things cool sometimes, you know, by just being Kobe. And so I think, you know, he added, um, added, huh, I'm searching for the word, 
something more where where opened up guys that said, hey, if 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 Kobe's down with that, maybe I need to pay a little bit more attention. And so I don't I don't I'm not just crediting Kobe or anything like that. But again, I'm I, we're talking about these small steps of bringing the two leagues together and and this this partnership of supporting each other. And I think that was a little bit of it where, you know, when you see when other guys, you know, when other NBA guys see others showing interest and showing love, uh, I think it opens up their eyes to things that they may not have previously um, paid as much attention to. You know, we talk a lot about it as far as women's athletics in general, you know, Sometimes it's just about the opportunity and, and getting out in front of people who may have not seen um, the sport before. Um, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, man, I didn't know it was like this, you know. And so I think, um, you know, so often it's about getting in front of more eyeballs. And um, when you've got guys supporting on both sides, hey, that, that always, that's always helps and is always a positive, I think. And I think one of the biggest things about what you're saying there is the perspective it brings like Kobe kind of, well, Kobe definitely did open the door for other people to really appreciate not only the WNBA, but also openly appreciate it. Like it's one thing to watch it. It's another thing to let others know you Mm -hmm. watch it. And when you're someone like, you know, the, the, obviously the impact that Kobe had on this world and now you're tweeting a picture or, or, um, you know, being seen at these, at the games court side, it really grabs the attention of everybody else. Like, wait a minute, because let's be honest, we live in a world where people, I won't say the word follow. Like I was going to say follow. (laughs) Follow. They like to follow what others are doing. So it's like, wait, if Kobe's doing this, maybe I could do this. If he's okay watching, maybe I should check it out. If they're wearing an orange hoodie, maybe I should wear an orange hoodie. Like we have followers. And okay, I can use that word because we legitimately have followers. That's why they have thousands and thousands of them. Um, So when you have players that have such a big platform and so many people that respect and admire them and look up to them that are openly not only like speaking out, but showing, look, I'm at the game. It's so good. I'm Mm -hmm. here. It's so good. You're catching me cheering. I'm here with my daughter. If if you're Kobe, I'm here. LeBron and Russell, when they were like cheering and all into it, like you're not just there doing the golf clap quietly, like off to the side, you're fully invested. So now people are like, oh, that's, that looks so cool. I'm going to do that too. I want to be like Kobe and, and Gigi, may they rest in peace and be at the WNBA games. I want to be able to talk about it. I want to be able to wear an orange hoodie. So it just starts to change people's perspective and open their minds. I love that point you bring because that's what this is the biggest. That's what makes us the biggest benefit. It's, it's just about showing that support and then boosting each other up. Like now we're seeing so many more WNBA players that are, um, household names where the games are, are, are more televised and easier to access and watch. It's growing. And for all women's sports, that's what it takes. But it's, it's honestly a bigger issue in the fact that for a lot of change to happen, we can talk about it in terms of social justice, sexual assault, toxic environments. There's so many layers that you see this. When someone speaks up as an advocate and an ally with a big backing, that is when you see change happen. Absolutely. So specifically, we started with the Mystics and the Wizards as we were talking this through. But for the NBA as a whole to be so openly supporting, I know even in the NBA broadcast, you have the analysts that are making sure to make note and take time to say, hey, by the way, the Mystics and Mercury are playing also on, on ESPN. Go check that mm-hmm. out. Like just by doing that, taking that split second to acknowledge them, 
it goes such a long way. So I love, love, love the way that we're seeing this growth happen. And I'm hoping that, you know, of course, as the playoffs play out, unfortunately for the Mystics, they're no longer playing. But as the playoffs play out and we continue to see the hype and growth around the league, the league will turn continue to turn a corner. Speaking of that, just Kareem, last night, just real quickly, was that was actually one of the things that kind of bummed me out a little bit about last night was it was such a good game and it was going on yeah. at the same time as NBA playoffs. And and they had what game seven um, with the Nuggets mm-hmm. and, and game one between um, the Celtics and so they had a really good product going on themselves, but it was at the same time and I was like, I was just thinking as as a basketball fan in general, hey, if this was on separate days, I'd have been watching both. Or there were those days early and when both bubbles were going on. I think there were you know there were games that were starting early on both sides, and so felt like I sat there all day and watched like 12 hours of basketball where I watched a couple NBA games, a couple NBA, NBA games. And so now it's like in this time where, you know, it was like a moment to really showcase uh, the debut. And I just wish more people would have been able to see that. Um, but at the same time, you know, scheduling, I, I understand it, but it was just a bummer. I was like, man, people need to be watching this game right now. Yes, I know I was flipping back and forth because I was watching the Nuggets. And then what made it harder was the end of the Mercury Mystics game. The Nuggets Clippers game seven was like five minutes Mm -hmm. left. It was like a very, it wasn't even like a, like a half off. It was like minutes off. And it was both games were were in the final minutes. I watched the Mystics definitely close out because I'm like, all right, this, I gotta, I gotta see this. Um, But even I know somebody was talking about on Sunday, the fact we had NFL Sunday and the NBA games and we had, uh, WNBA game. I mean, there's so many sports right now. I know it's tough to physically try to find a day or time they're not overlapping, <laughs> but to have both leagues in the playoffs, it is. It's very difficult. yeah. It, it, very it's difficult. tough. <laughs> it, it, it's so weird right now. I'm like, I'm thinking because I'm you know, if you're a sports fan, you're just loving it right now. Like the other day, they oh, said yeah. it was the first time that like all four leagues had games on at the same time. Like it was it, it's. It, it's, it feels so good after what we've been going through through spring and summer where nothing was on and everything had come to a halt. And now it's like, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting here days watching just games after games for 12 hours because it, there's everything on, which is great. But at the same time, you're like, man, I wish there, were time, there, were, there was a little bit more time where we could space things out. So things weren't overlapping as much. But, I mean, if you're a sports junkie right now, you're, you're loving life. I mean, shoot, they just announced the Big Ten is coming back now. So uh, it's crazy that just everything yeah. is going on at the exact same time right now, um, which, which is great, but also um, tends to force you to miss some things. And I feel bad for the folks that um, missed that game last night because it was pretty incredible. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Now, if you have a TV, fortunately, I don't, but my parents do, so I'll go watch with them, where you can have multiple channels on at once. That is perfect. (laughs) Otherwise, get your laptop or something, but there's definitely a lot of great games going on right now you don't want to miss. And Kareem, I thank you for joining us to talk about it and get into all the excitement that's been going on around the WNBA, around the Mystics specifically as well as the Wizards these last two days. So once again, we know your Instagram handle now, <laughs> but where can people follow you to keep up with all you've got going on in your sports? <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter at Kareem Copeland and on Instagram at Reem Cope, R-E-E-M-C-O-P-E.
that's me. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here. I appreciate you joining the show to weigh in on what's going on with the Mystics and the Wizards. And I'm excited to have a different conversation next year as we're talking about these two teams in the playoffs, competing for championships. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. It feels like it's a, a cultural change and a, a change in the right direction. So thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. And yeah, both organizations seem to be moving in the right direction. So it could be an exciting time for basketball coming up here next year. Thank you, Kareem, for joining us for our Wednesday and Thursday edition of Locked on Wizards this week. And hopefully, like I said, we'll see a different Wizards and Mystics teams next year that will be having a conversation around the playoffs and competing for championships. Well, I hope you guys have been enjoying this show. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can keep up to date on all we're discussing around the Mystics, the Wizards, DC Hoops and Sports, all things NBA. And as we continue to watch the NBA playoffs unfold, holy smokes, the, the Nuggets. We didn't even get a chance to get into that as much as we'd like, but you know we will right here on Locked on Wizards. We've got to talk around playoff basketball. My goodness, Celtics Heat, incredible overtime game one with the Heat winning with a crazy block by Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Buckets getting buckets to help them win. And then the Nuggets send the Clippers home as the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George specifically dropped the ball. You know we've got to get into it in our Friday edition of Locked on Wizards, so stay tuned and be back as we talk about all that and more here on Locked on Wizards. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. I'll see you next time. Washington out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.